Welcome to Prayer Now. Today I have a very special guest with us, Swami Nikilanandaji of Radha Madhav Dham. There is so much to be learned from Swamiji, so much to be heard, that this program is going to air in two segments. You will meet Swamiji today, and do not forget to tune in next Wednesday, same time, and Swamiji will be here for the second segment. So let's begin by meeting Swamiji and welcoming him. Swamiji, welcome today to today's program, and I am so privileged and so happy to have you here. Swamiji, right at the beginning, let's start about you. You, how did you get to be a Swami? How did you get to be attached to the Hindu religion? And how is it that you managed to leave your Canadian family behind and mingle with us? I was born in Canada and knew nothing about Hinduism growing up, but had a strong uh, desire to be spiritual and to learn about God. So it led to a lot of exploration in my teenage years and early 20s, where I became interested in meditation and uh, yoga as well, even though I didn't actually know anything about the philosophy of Hinduism. And in my searching, I ended up uh, going to Radha Madhavdam, which is now my home. It's the largest Hindu ashram in North America, in Austin, Texas. So when I went there, I was very fortunate to, you know, get uh, some resources, the books and speeches of the one I ended up accepting as my Guruji, Jagadguru Shri Kripaluji Maharaj. So Kripaluji Maharaj's books, which had been translated into English and speeches with English subtitles, uh, really provided such a, a structured um, understanding of Hinduism that it answered all of my questions. So I immediately got an intellectual um, satisfaction, which I hadn't found from other. I had, you know, studied a lot of different things uh, spiritually. But once I learned the philosophy of Hinduism in a systematic way, I was very taken by it because there were there were just no questions left for me. Curiosity led to your destiny. Definitely. And you met your guru. Mm -hmm. Your guru is very powerful, the late Kripaluji. Um, he's considered the fourth. Uh, he's also considered Shankaracharya. In Jagad, the list, Jagad, Jagad Guru, Guru, not a Shankaracharya, but, but a in Jagad the list, that's in right. the list, his yeah. name is there. It is amazing as to how, out of the eleven powerful religions that most people follow globally, Hinduism being one of the oldest ones, is what your forte became thereon. As soon as you got to know about the religion, did it kind of bring you? all the way to the origin of the religion. Why I ask that is, you know, in Hinduism, there are many deities. There are so many devis and devdas, they're countless. And if we go back to the origin, where um, with the Big Bang Theory, we have the first three main deities, that's the Shiva as the destroyer, we have Brahma, who is the creator, we have Vishnu, who is... The um, he is the Sanchalak, mm -hmm. 
He is going to take it. Now, Vishnu has had many, many forms that he has taken through the ages. But at Radha Madhavdam and for you personally, you worship Krishna, mm-hmm. the form that is Krishna. Mm-hmm. Why so? All the forms that you mentioned, as well as all the many others that you didn't mention, they're all absolutely one. So that's the first thing I would emphasize is that um, having what we call bhed buddhi, believing that, for instance, God Shiva and God Vishnu are different, different personalities, different powers, that's incorrect. And when it comes to the forms of God, having bhed buddhi is wrong. We should feel that they're all one personality. Just like if I go in the other room and come back dressed in a suit and tie, I look different, I may even act different, but it's still me. So similarly, God is one. He has many forms. He has uncountable powers. So depending which of those powers is vyakt, which of them is actually outwardly manifested, and which powers are of vyakt, he appears in different forms. He or she, God, has female forms as well. So that's the first point I would make, is that I don't view different forms of God as being different. What it's about, all what? one form, and I worship Krishna because I like meditating on him, and I want to meet him in person. I want to have his divya darshan, and that's my goal. May God bless you, and I am sure with your devotion, um, they say that saints do reach that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, you know, when it, throughout their life, when they are worshiping, meditating, and almost almost getting to a point where they start believing that there is no difference. You know, Nar and Narayan, mm-hmm. there is the, different, the differential narrows down to such a state that you almost see him right in front of you. This is what I've heard, and I hope that happens you to you. Do too. you do see him. That's what God realization is. You is. meet God face to face. Okay, we spoke about the, the male shaktis, you know, Brahma, Vishnu, and Mahesh. What about the female Shakti? Now, can you consider the female as well as the male Shakti as just one? Absolutely. You yes. do? Yes. So For instance, in the case of Radha Krishna, right. it said, Ye yam Radha yascha Krishno rasabdhir dehe naika kridan artham dvidhabhut. From Radhika Upanishad. It tells that Radha, whatever she is, is actually Krishna. And what is Krishna? He's Radha. So they're one and the same, but they appear in two forms to do leelas. So to do their playful pastimes, one personality appears in two forms. So Radha and Krishna are absolutely one. Same Krishna is Ram, same Radha is Sita, same Ram is Vishnu, same Sita is Lakshmi, same Vishnu is Shiva, same Lakshmi is Parvati. There's no difference between any of them. Difference in appearance and behavior, you can say. Difference in how they would uh, manifest leelas, but not difference in the personality. So why the name Radha Madhavdham? You do carry the distinction, Radha and Madhav, Madhav being for Lord Krishna. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it because it is the Krida part that is emphasized, the divine love? That mm-hmm. is emphasized. Would I be correct? Yes. If I say that. Mm-hmm. Now, divine love is part of devotion. 
But it's, would you think that is the only main sense of devotion? Well, I would say that, in fact, the Sanskrit term is bhakti. And you have two main kinds of bhakti. The bhakti you do and the bhakti you receive. So bhakti you do means when you're doing devotion to God, you're meditating on Him, singing His name, singing His virtues. That we think of as bhakti. But Bhagwan also has a divine power of bhakti, which some people have translated as divine love. But in Sanskrit, it's prema bhakti. And the bhakti we do is called sadhana bhakti. Wo karne wali bhakti hai, aur dusri hai milne wali bhakti hai, prema bhakti. We also say siddha bhakti. So once your heart is completely purified and you surrender to God, then he can award you with that divine. It's actually the most personal of all of his divine powers, the divine bhakti. Since you mentioned bhakti, so what is the path that we as human beings should follow? Uh, aligning ourselves to bhakti, but what are the steps? Hmm, very good question, a practical question. So how to do bhakti? The first thing to do is ask yourself, what's the goal? Why am I doing bhakti? So for instance, I told you my goal is I want to meet Krishna face to face. I want to become God realized. And that means when I become God realized, I meet Krishna, I can be with him, I can talk to him. After I leave my body, I can enter into his divine Golok, divine Vrindavan. Other people may have a different goal. Some people may want liberation. Some people may want to ask God for material things. So the first thing is decide on the goal. If you don't know what the goal is, then why are you doing bhakti? And my Guruji always taught that if you're going to do devotion to God, why not ask him for the best thing, which would be him. I want you. <laughs> you come to me. You be mine. Let me stay with you. Getting liberation is a state of uh, divine peacefulness where you're released from material sufferings, but where you don't actually get to experience God. If you become God, realize you get to experience God with all your five divine senses, just like we experience the world through our five material senses. After God realization, you would your senses become divine. So what would the five divine senses be? The same. The same. But divine. Oh, okay. Because with divine sense of vision, you can see divine God, who's made of satchit anand. So it's with, the same five senses, right. but it's with divine. With material sense of vision, you can only see material things made of panchmahabhut, the material elements. So if your senses are made of the material energy, then you can only perceive material things. So God actually gives you divine senses. Divyam dadami te chakshu pashyame yogamaishwaram. Krishna told Arjun when he asked, I want to see your divine form. He said, you can't see me with your eyes, so I'll give you divine eyes. So if we become like Arjun and we surrender to Krishna, he can give us divine eyes. So it is surrendering to Krishna that is the bottom line, is what I hear Swami Nikhilanandji say. Coming back after a short break. Don't go away. Welcome back. Devotion is one thing. But I personally feel, and I hope I'm speaking for a lot of people out there who are watching this program, uh, traditionally we see our parents 
uh, or whatever families we are born into, they go to a temple, they worship a certain way, and as little children, we we start to follow. We say the same artis they do, mm-hmm. same pujas they do. And I think till quite an older age, we really don't know much about what and why we are doing it. So taking from your own words that we need to have a goal. If we have a goal is when we start to want to do and go towards that goal and seek a path Mm -hmm. to go towards that goal. In reality, we are surrounded by what is Maya. And that Maya is, is worse than crazy glue. It just does not let you go. We have, and we find excuses to stay with that. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to work. Oh, I have a family, et cetera, et cetera. And we don't find that time. How does one transition mentally to start thinking that, yes, I need to start detaching myself. And yes, my goals are the other way. And I need to walk away and go closer to God, how do we achieve that? There's a story from King Janak's time that his Guruji was teaching him about the nature of Maya and Guruji had a hold of a tree and he was shaking it and saying, let me go, let me go, let me go. And King Janak came and said, Guruji, you're the one holding the tree. You can just let it go. He said, see, you're holding on to Maya. Maya is not holding on to you. So we say Maya is like glue, it won't let us go, but actually we're the ones who are holding on to Maya. And the reason is very simple. We want happiness. That's a fact of everybody's life, a fact of everybody's mind. So if we have made this mental decision that the happiness I seek will be found in worldly things, then we're going to be hanging on to all those worldly things. It's nature, it's human psychology. If we divert that search for happiness towards God, then we gradually transfer our attachments towards God and gradually the worldly attachments release. So it's it's like an organic process. It's not something you can do in in a day. It's something you have to think about. Is true happiness in God or is it in the world? True, we have to live in the world, but do we have to assume that perfect happiness is a facet of this world? Or should we reconsider and think, no, perfect happiness is God according to our scriptures, according to our saints. So God is for our soul and the world is for our body. But divine happiness for our soul can only come from God. You can get protein and calories and a roof over your head from the world, but don't expect happiness. But like you said, it's the definition of happiness. I think the switch has to be where the definition of happiness is God himself. As long as I think that I'm happy because I have a nice car, Mm -hmm. I'm happy because I am surrounded by wealth, then that is where my happiness lies. So if that is my goal, does that mean that people who believe in worldly, uh, worldly stuff they are not going to get the happiness of being close to God? Can they have both? Can they live without one another or can they live in a combined form? 
In other words, uh, does somebody actually have to turn saintly in order to say that, okay, I want none of anything that belongs to the world. I only want to go to God and I want to belong to God. Can you still be part of the world and still belong to God? Yeah, it's a gradual process. So um, whatever attachment you have in the world, you don't, you can't just eliminate that. You have to start by developing a relationship with God, a, a certain form of God makes it easier. And then the more you think about, let's say it's Krishna, the more you think about Krishna, he's mine, he's been with me forever. I have many good relatives and friends in this life, but they weren't with me in my last life, nor will they be with me in the future when I leave this body. Only Krishna has been with me all the time. The more you think about these realities, you know, this is not a trick, this is a reality. Everyone understands that. So if you dwell on such points, you develop your attachment to God and your desire to attain Him. Then you add in other teachings of the scriptures like the definition of happiness. So happiness is defined in our scriptures like this, that it should be of unlimited amount it should last forever and it should always go on increasing the more you enjoy it, never decrease. So if you take that definition of happiness, any person enjoying any worldly thing can say, okay, this makes me happy, yes, but does it match up with that defi definition of happiness, which our Vedas say, that's the happiness you need if you want to be perfectly happy forever. So I guess it's the unlimited factor <laughs> exactly. that happiness uh, which you attain by uh, create, either creating or having a love for God will be unlimited versus what's in the world, which could be limited, just going to die. Not only that happiness is going to die, each one of us when we are born, there is celebration that, oh, there's a new life here. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have a stamp somewhere that there's going to be a date of death. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if I'm wrong if I say this, that God gives you life so that in this life, now you've give, been given another term, another term of time, whatever it is, that find your path, mm -hmm. find your happiness. Mm -hmm. It could be me, it could be the world. See where you want to belong. If you want the world to be your happiness, Lo and behold, you'll find a way to get back to it in your next life. But if you think that you want me to be your happiness or God to be the happiness, then at some point you will just belong to me. Mm -hmm. Is that yes. is that correctly yes. put? And so we need to strive for that. That's right. How do we do it? And I'll tell you why. As human beings, our mind is the most flickering thing ever. It just does not stay stable with one thought. We think of so many things at the same time. We have so many emotions running through us all the time. And we, we hold grudges against people. We love some people. We're angry. We're sad. We're happy. How do you find time to put all of it aside? What is the answer? I use meditation, but the meditation is based on understanding. So like we were talking about before, you have to have the goal set in your mind first. Then you start meditating on God. And when I meditate, I meditate on a form of God. 
So I'm not just telling my mind, okay, now it's, it's time to stop thinking anything. You're not allowed to think anything. Just be quiet. That doesn't work with my mind, and most people I talk to find frustration if they attempt that. So I give my mind a beautiful divine subject to focus on, the form of God. So I choose the form of Radha Krishna. Other people could choose any form that they're attracted to. And then I think of the form, but not just like a painting or a static thing. I bring it to life so that I actually feel that real Krishna is standing right in front of me. Then I may imagine some of his leelas or make up something on my own, like, oh, I'm with Krishna, I'm walking. But the point is my mind is in him, I'm thinking of him. And since he's omnipresent, that actually becomes the real means of joining my mind with him, which results in, well, it's like an electrical connection has been made. Now current is going to flow. So I receive his, you can call it his grace, his kripa, and that's experienced as a sense of well-being and happiness a little bit, because I made a bit of a connection. My mind has a little bit of faith in him, so I'm slightly surrendered to him, so I got a little bit of an experience. The more I keep practicing, the more my heart purifies, my antahkaran, and the more that experience grows. So on the path of bhakti, the main thing is attaching your mind to God. And we use the physical things as helpers, like chanting God's name, can help us to stay focused while we're meditating. The main thing is the smaran, the meditation. Eventually, when the mind is fully purified, that's when God graces you with divine mind, divine senses. So how to do this while living in the world is really the question, right? Not everyone can go and stay in a jungle or in an ashram and have just 100% dedicated time to do this. So luckily... You know, it's the kind of thing, if you take some time out every day and do it, what we would call karma sannyas, uh, sadhana, where you cease all worldly activities and just meditate on God, what we call rup dhyan, meditating on the form of God. Take some time to do that. It strengthens your devotion so that then the rest of the day you can remember He's with you, even chalte, phirte, khate, pite, whatever you're doing, you remember Him. So, basically, bhakti and meditation, meditating on God, remembering Him all the time is the key. Please do tune in for our next segment, and let's be with Swamiji a little longer, because one session is just not enough to talk to him. Namaste.